Maybe it's a classic, or maybe a flop. Has Katie seen it? She probably has not. She'll sit down and watch it if it's good or it's bad. Hey, have you seen this? No, Katie hasn't seen that. Hi, I'm Katie, and if I had a nickel for every time someone said to me, Wait, you haven't seen this movie? Oh my god, you need to see this movie. I'd be very rich. So this is my podcast, where I finally watch those movies you all have told me I need to see, and I tell you what I think. Here's spoilers. Hopefully you can guess which movie I have chosen for Katie Hasn't Seen That Today based on that. Also, if you can read, probably seen the title of this episode. I'm watching The Shining today, which here's the thing. Every time I pick out a movie, I'm like, yep, this is the one we're doing for this episode. I log on to the internets, onto the interwebs, and I see how long this these movies are. Why are so many movies that I picked so long? This one is listed at 2 hours and 26 minutes. I don't know if I've just watched a lot of TV over the years or what's going on, but like why are so many of these movies so long? Like why? I, I just feel like... I'm growing weary because some of these movies are like marathons. So I'm going to be watching The Shining, which I have heard a lot about. I've heard a lot about The Shining. Surprisingly, I was like, I picked this out and then I watched a satire YouTube video and literally the person made a joke about The Shining and said, it's the one where the blood comes out of the elevator and it's the Stephen King thing and all of that. And so I got a little bit of spoilers, but I I already knew about the blood in the elevator. There's the girl with the tricycle in the hall. I think there's the twins that talk together and say creepy stuff. It's about a hotel in Colorado. I actually don't know which state. I think it's actually legitimately in Colorado. But does this movie take place in Colorado? Because Stephen King is a fan of Maine. I think he's from Maine. And so he bases like all of his books and all of his stories in New England, especially Maine. I'm from New England. If you didn't know this about me, I'm from New York. I lived in New Hampshire for a very long time. So I have a lot of that New England blood running through my veins. So I get it. I get being proud of the era you came from and that basing all of your stories in one area. I kind of love that. It makes the un- it makes like a universe. It's like a horror universe that Stephen King has created. Also, Stephen King likes to Stephen King his endings. They even made a joke about this in I think the newest It movie, the second It movie that just came out because he had a cameo in it and he made a joke about how an author always ruins the endings. <laughs> Gotta love a little self-awareness. I haven't really read a lot of Stephen King books. I read one called The Girl Who Loved Tom Gordon, which my granny read it. And then she's like, I think you'd like this one. And it was creepy. It was like about a bee creature. I think it was like a bee creature that was like hunting a little girl in the Maine woods. And she loved Tom Gordon, who was like a baseball player. I don't remember what happened. I just remember it being like this creature. And then at the end, it became like, uh, it was like a bunch of bees together. Again, did he Stephen King the ending? Some might say he had at that point. The Shining. It's from 1980. I did not know this was directed by Stanley Kubrick. I've never seen a Kubrick movie, though I know he's done a lot of movies. My friend Dan is constantly like, you need to watch 2001 A Space Odyssey. I'm scared I might not like it, so I literally have not watched that. Um, I'm worried because I love space, but I've heard not so great things about that movie, but I believe that might need to yell at me, y'all. Tweet at me. Tell me to watch 2001 A Space Odyssey. 
and maybe I'll get it on the list sooner rather than later. I know he did a Clockwork Orange, have not seen that. I know it's a cult classic. I think I probably need to watch a Clockwork Orange at some point. There's like a lot of people in my life who have told me, you're gonna hate it uh, when they talk about Clockwork Orange and 2001 A Space Odyssey, but I'm like, still maybe should watch it anyway. And who knows, maybe I'm just gonna love it. Kubrick also did Eyes Wide Shut, which is that Tom Cruise, Nicole Kidman movie with all the sexy times, right? There's a lot of sexy times in it, I think. And it was like so controversial. That one came out in 1999 and I was a kid and I was just like getting into NSYNC and all those things. And I just remember that came out and it was like the salacious movie that was making its way downtown. Talking fast, faces past. I don't, I'm sorry. He also did Dr. Strangelove, Full Metal Jacket. Lolita, which I've also heard is controversial. Stanley Kubrick has done a ton. I have seen, after consulting Internet Movie Database, zero of Stanley Kubrick's movies. But he had like an active career from 1951 to 1999. That's pretty damn impressive, but there's not a ton of movies in that catalog. So this is my first Stanley Kubrick movie. I have been known to enjoy a Stephen King movie occasionally. Most of them are kind of like, yeah, I watched it. And it's not really anything that you're like, ooh boy, did you see this? The only one I would say is The Green Mile. That one was actually pretty good. I just looked up how many Stephen King books and stories have been made into movies. And there are so many. I'm going to read through them and I'm going to see which ones I have seen. Shawshank Redemption. I did not know that was a Stephen King adaptation. The Green Mile. I saw The Green Mile. I saw Secret Window. I didn't like that one. I saw the two new It movies and that's it. And there are a lot of other ones. So I'm a bit behind on my Stephen King watching. Just by looking at this list, I'm like, should I watch Carrie as an episode for Katie hasn't seen that? Let me know if there are any Stephen King movies you want me to watch. For the longest time, I think I got Cape Fear confused with The Shining. I don't know why. I always thought that Mark Wahlberg was in The Shining. But it's just because my brain decided that Cape Fear and The Shining were in fact the same movie. But also here's the thing, I've seen neither of them. In fact, Mark Wahlberg is not involved with this at all. I think at this time, he may have been a part of Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. I was even a little generous with that. I looked it up. Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch was not active until 1987. So The Shining had a good seven years on Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. What I'm curious about this movie is... When movies are this long, there starts to be a moment where you're like, is there just a lot of boring stuff in between the interesting stuff? Is there a lot that transpires that's more conversational? And then you get like a good little nugget or two of some actual horror that shows up. I'm really curious if this is going to be a slow burn or if I'm going to be like riveted. I sure hope I am. I know you can actually stay at this hotel that this movie was filmed at. And uh, apparently where this movie was filmed is considered to be haunted. The hotel is called the Stanley Hotel and it is in Estes Park, Colorado. And yes, maybe I am on the website right now. And yes, maybe I'm watching drone footage of this beautiful hotel. Holy crap. There's like a pool with a window opening. And can we just talk about how drones make everything look so badass? This is making me want to go here because it's surrounded by stunning mountains as well. However, this place looks hella haunted. I'm pretty sure there are ghosts left and right ready to go boogly boo while you're trying to sleep. And you'd be like going to rest at night and be like, oh, I got to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night. You get up and then you hear the floorboards creak, but you're not out of bed yet. 
and you start making your way to the bathroom and you're like, oh, I'm just half asleep. And then bam, there's a ghost from 1909 looking you in the eyes and saying, ah, you see, this is my bedroom. So maybe I don't want to go here, but you never say never. Also, just by perusing the website, they have some events lined up and one is called Illusions of the Past, a theatrical seance. That's just asking for trouble. Okay. However, it is a steal at $35 for general admission. So if I lived closer, I might partake, but only if I wasn't staying at the hotel, I'd be like, I can leave. You guys brought the ghosts here. I'm just going to go though. But now I would like to say I have fallen down a rabbit hole on the Stanley's website and you can stay in what they have. And I quote, call spirited rooms. Stanley Hotel features a variety of rooms with high paranormal activity, including the famous Stephen King Suite 217, the Ghost Hunter's favorite room 401, as well as 407 and 428. These are among our most requested rooms. Availability is limited. I think room 217 is the big room from this movie, so I'm going to see how much it costs to stay in this room. Oh, oh my gosh. Um, I just set it up. I just picked the two newest dates I could stay here, and they require you stay at least two nights. And just for two nights in this room, it is $988. But if you're an AARP member, you can stay for a nifty $938. And then if you want to add on the taxes, then it's $1,094 for two nights. So if you want to be haunted by a ghost and spend a lot of your money, the Stanley Hotel has got you. Back to the movie. I know there's the whole murder spelled backwards thing. The red rum, red rum. I think that happens. I don't know if someone actually says that in the movie, but I just quoted it as if I knew that. I know this movie has iconic moments that have been featured in other films and parodied. And it, it was okay. I did not like the movie Ready Player One. I actually will say this. I hated that movie. I hated Ready Player One. I rolled my eyes in the theater so much. It was just a poor, it was a poorly made movie. The story was shallow. They cut corners so that they could put in more pop culture references, but it was just executed like a Disneyland ride. It wasn't executed in the gritty way that I felt the movie should be. And I don't know how you feel about Ready Player One. Did not enjoy, not a fan here, but I did think the whole shining scene was interesting. And I believe that featured like the blood going down the hallways. So I have seen moments of this movie in clips and phrases throughout cinema and things on TV. But now I'm going to sit down and actually watch it the way that it was intended. On Internet Movie Database, this bad boy has an 8.4 out of 10, 84% on Rotten Tomatoes, and then Metacritic slides in here with a 66%. I don't know what got into the Metacritic users, but I'm concerns and then Google users 88%. All right, it is spooky season here. Halloween is approaching when I'm recording this. It's time I finally watch The Shining. I'm going to go set up a pillow fort, maybe grab a couple blankets, maybe turn a light on so I don't get too scared. And I'm going to settle in for a two hour and 20 something minute long movie with Jack Nicholson. I didn't even mention Jack Nicholson is the main guy in this. There's just already so much to talk about with this movie. Is my podcast just slowly becoming longer and longer? I think so. So here's Katie and I'm going to go watch The Shining and I'll be back and let you know what I think.
Okay, I watched The Shining and I guess first things first, I got the hotel wrong. The Timberland Lodge is where they filmed the movie. And the Timberland Lodge is located in Oregon. So I got it confused with the Stanley Hotel and that's not where they shot it. That was what inspired Stephen King's book. So Stephen King and his wife stayed at the Stanley Hotel in Boulder, Colorado. And that's what inspired The Shining. But the movie itself was filmed... At the Timberland, Timberline, Timberline Lodge in Mount Hood, Oregon. Okay, so that's cleared up. The music was interesting right out of the gate. I also thought the landscaping was beautiful and it made me want to be out in the middle of nature. It's also by Glacier National Park, or I guess it was filmed in Glacier National Park. And fun fact about me, I lived near Glacier and had never seen some of those things before. So I was like, okay, that's kind of cool. Though I will say there was a moment in this where you could see the blades of the helicopter in a shot. It's cool they got helicopter shots, but you could see the blades rotating. And I was like, wait a second, how did that get missed? So Jack Nicholson is in this and he's so young, but I think he was like 43, but he just looks so much younger than I've seen him in things because like I'm used to Jack Nicholson in his older years starring in movies. But let me just tell you, we meet Jack Nicholson. He's like kind of smarmy. And then we meet his wife and his son. And uh, can we talk about Tony, the little man that lives in the finger of his son that goes, hey guys, it's me, Tony. Um, what the hell? That is absolutely horrifying. The little kid did an amazing job in this, though. He was actually such an incredible actor. And in considering the subject matter and what he had to do for this, I was very impressed. He was a better actor than most of the adults in this movie, but I didn't say that. You didn't hear that from me. <laughs> I thought this movie did a good job of being interesting right out of the gate. Sometimes movies take time to build and it's like, oh my god, get to the point. And they got to the point in this and built some good tension, which I was really grateful for. There's an awful lot of smoking in this movie. I'm noticing a lot of the movies I've watched, there's a lot of smoking, like a lot of smoking. So any movie I seem to watch from the 80s and 70s, it's like an integral part of the movie. So that is weird. But yeah, there's a lot of smoking. The acting wasn't great, like I just said, but it did have good tension building. And I felt like Jack was a creep right out of the gate. Jack is a creep. Jack is also hella abusive. Like, we actually know that he was abusive, but then he just gets worse as this movie goes on. I would describe this movie as Willy Wonka and the Nightmare Factory. I loved the sets. I loved the contrast of the walls and the carpet and the costumes, and I really enjoyed the movie from a visual perspective. I wouldn't necessarily say the cinematography, but that was actually pretty good too. But I really loved how stuff looked in this. I like how Jack has his whole family move up to this creepy, I guess it's not creepy, to this hotel to maintain for the winter and he treats them like garbage and that his wife is doing everything and he's like, I need to write, I need to sleep and she's literally doing everything that he's supposed to do. And Jack is unstable and you can quickly see where this is going to go. Like there was that whole scene where she came in when he's working on his typewriter and she's like, hey honey, I um, just thought I was going to see what you wanted for dinner and he literally lost it on her and I'm like, oh my god, this poor woman is putting up with this abusive man. But oh, beholden, oh, well, I don't even can't say it, behold, when she finally gets to read that transcript he's been working on. Oh my god. This movie had some weird casual racism in it, and I don't understand it. There was that amazing character that told Danny about The Shining and that he had The Shining too. The character's name was Dick Holleran, and so he's the one who told Danny, hey, we have this special gift called The Shining. And so I guess what I felt in all of this was that this is awesome character 
that somehow communicated with Danny when things started to hit the fan. And then they just used him as a mechanism to get a snowcat up to the top, and they called him, like, a racist word and then killed him unceremoniously. And I was like, I wish they had done more with that and made his plot a little bit more respectful. Because he was a very pivotal part, and I just feel like he got the crap end of the stick there. Also, there's that moment where there's, like, the naked lady in the bathroom, and can we talk about how Jack just straight up, like, kisses her and is, like, gonna have an affair with her? And then he gets back to the room, and she he was like, there was nobody in there lying to his wife. What's going on with Jack? Is something eating away at him? Like, what's going on with... Jack in general. Is it the hotel getting into his brain? Or is there just something that possesses him here? Are, are there ghosts? Is that, what the, is that what The Shining's implying is that this hotel is haunted by an evil spirit? Like, I could never really pinpoint exactly what was the cause of things. The red rum stuff was super creepy. Like when Danny's walking around going, red rum, red rum, and then riding with makeup on a mirror. I just would never want that to happen ever in my life. Thank you very much. And so as things are ramping up in this, Shelley Duvall's character, I can't remember her name. Oh my God. Wendy. Her name was Wendy. She goes and finds the book that her husband Jack is supposed to be writing. And all it says is, all work, no play makes Jack a dull boy. And it's literally hundreds of pages of that. And can you imagine how unnerving that would be? To just be like, oh, my husband's been working on this. And then you check it and he's literally been writing the same things over and over for a couple months at that point. So as soon as she finds this, Jack kind of loses her crap. I guess the whole thing is they go take care of this old hotel. They're going to be the caretakers for the winter. It's hard to leave. It's hard to visit. Like you're stuck up there for the winter. And something terrible happened here. A caretaker in the past killed his wife and two daughters with an axe and then killed himself. And so the guy, Jack, still takes the job, brings his kid and wife up, and then they settle in for the winter. And then Jack slowly descends into madness. And he's like, I got to work on my book. And that's when Shelly finds, Shelly, Wendy finds the book. And all of a sudden, Jack is out there ready to do the murders. And Wendy's running away from him and telling Danny to run. And Danny is a horrible hider, by the way. Instead of just hiding properly, he like gets out and draws attention to the fact that he is still around. It was interesting because there was a point where Jack is chasing Danny through that maze, that snowy maze that's kind of ingrained in people's head and you could see a cameraman in one shot too like the shadow of a cameraman and i'm like stanley kubrick's this huge director like how did these things kind of like slip past continuity and just be like yeah leave the cameraman and the helicopter blades in there also the way shelly duvall runs is hysterical if you've never paid attention to it her hands are like up and flopping around a whole bunch it's kind of crazy like she's got a knife at a hand and she's just like floppy running and i don't know there's things about this movie that were funny but I overall actually really liked it, and it made me wonder, like, how did this movie get so ingrained in our horror movie world? But it has some really fun moments and some really interesting moments. It does have some problems with me where they did Scatman Crothers wrong with his character by just killing him, calling him a racial slur for no reason. And so I had a issue with that. But overall, I thought the movie was very visually appealing. I thought the build was really good. I actually enjoyed this one. Surprise. This one was actually not a bad one. So I, I don't know that I'm going to ever watch it again. I feel like this is like a one and done kind of deal. I couldn't really understand the ending. Like, was it a deja vu thing where Jack 
dies. Also, it was kind of funny because I've seen that gif a lot where he's all frozen in the snow. But like Jack dies and um, freezes to death. And Danny and Wendy escape in the snowcat that Dick Holleran brought up, but then just got stabbed real bad. And uh, so they got away and he just like froze to death up there. The ending was kind of goofy. It kind of was a Stephen King ending, which made me wonder, does Stephen King get scared of his own things? I often wonder that. Like if he's writing something, he's like, ooh, this is spooky. I'm always curious if authors ever get like scared of their work or if this movie adaptation scared him because I've heard that Stephen King thinks this is his scariest book. Overall, I don't have much to say about The Shining. I thought it was an interesting watch. It was too long. There's some really long drawn out scenes. The tension was built well when Jack's in the bar and it kind of goes back to like the 1920s party and it's it's like, is it in his head? Is it not? There's just some fun concepts in this, but there's also some really creepy moments like the red rum. I will say when he does the here's Johnny thing, the whole movie, I knew that was coming, right? But I was like, his name's Jack. Why is he not saying here's Jack? But I realize now that that was a call out to the Johnny Carson show or the Tonight Show, whatever Johnny Carson did. That was kind of a dated reference that I didn't understand until I watched the movie. So overall, I'm going to give it 7 out of 10. Here's Johnny's. I liked it. Thank you all for making me watch this. It's another classic horror movie checked off of the books and... I'm going to try to maybe watch some more scary horror movies. Like, tell me some classic horror movies that you enjoy that you think I should watch next. And I always appreciate you all listening to the episodes. Also, telling me what you think of the movies that I watch in my Discord, which is Katie Peters Plays. If you use Discord, you can come talk about the movies. There's a channel where we talk about Katie hasn't seen that. Follow me on Twitter at Play Katie Play. Come hang out with me on Twitch at Katie Peters Plays. And I'm excited to share moments with you all. More movie moments. Thank you all for listening. And I will see you, or I guess talk to you in the next episode. If you want to hang out with me more, or if you just want to yell at me for my thoughts on a specific movie, I stream over on Twitch at www.twitch.tv slash Plays. Also, feel free to follow and chat with me on Twitter at PlayKatiePlay and on Instagram at Katie Peters Plays. Music written and performed by Mark Can Do It. Katie Hasn't Seen That is a part of the Geek Generation Network. Until next time, keep your popcorn warm for me.